0: Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour, and no, I am not Doug Eddy, I am James Priest, filling in for Doug this week as host. Join with me is Tyler Gunther and our special guest, Jeff Bell, at For Whom J. Bell Tolls, and we are brought to you live on YouTube, 9, 8 Central, every Sunday. So hit that like and subscribe button. If you like what you hear, you want to see us live, perfect place to do it. Jeff, what's going on, my man? Thank you for coming in. I'm super psyched to have you on the show. We kind of came up through the ranks together, but you blasted past me through the atmosphere. uh, So much bigger, bigger tears there. And uh, speaking of tears, Mr. Tyler, what's going on tonight, bud?
1: (laughs) Well, Jeff went to a better team. James got stuck with Jacksonville, but he got a lot of money. So, like, he's like the Christian Kirk but you know, Jeff is like Chris Godwin. He went to Tom Brady. So that's that's kind of where it, it's at. I mean, that's a great comparison. Welcome to the Jags, Chef.
2: Hey, and <laughs> and I no, we're all on the same level. I mean, no, I'm not gonna have any of that. And, and Chef, you're my boy. You know, we do coming off the edge Tuesday nights at seven uh, o'clock Great and so show. catch us there. We love hanging out with with Chef and, and Tyler, I've always looked up to you and I'm so thankful to be able to share this I space with sorry. you. Sorry. you know but you're you're just so welcoming in the space and you do a really great job of uh, helping people move you've you've done more for people in the space than than many people have you know that's something that should be realized and should be appreciated
1: yeah that's what i that's honestly uh chef can agree to this when we had the website the the one thing i really miss about it is i that's what i wanted i knew we weren't the end we weren't the end game for anybody but We were a stepping stone for people to go to a company like football guys or or DLF or nerds. We were just somebody who, you know, that they could get their name out and anybody was really welcome. And my main thing that I told any writer was if you've reached an audience of just one person and that article hit that one person, you your article did it like you did what you needed to do because you helped out that one person. And that's what we're here for.
0: Speaking of (laughs) audiences. This podcast is brought to you by Fantasy Points. We are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. Use our code DHH twenty two to get ten percent off your Fantasy Points subscription. Ninety percent of subscribers make the playoffs in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. They're balling over there. The, it's the lowest price in the industry. They have a DFS optimizer, analytically powered draft tool. It's it's definitely the place you want your fantasy information to come from. Check out Fantasy Points. And we're going to check out some wide receivers this evening. We already mentioned that. But first, let's get into some news. We've got Brandon Cooks, two-year, $39 million extension, $36 million guaranteed with the Houston Texans. He will be there through 2024. Happy Davis Mills. that's, That's the way I look at it. I mean, do we need to say anything else? Like they're, they're going to be linked, linked up for at least a
2: couple more years. Well, I mean, if Davis Mills runs with the job and is the quarterback, but you know, I I think the reality of it is Brandon cooks had obviously moved around the league quite frequently and he found a home in Houston. He wanted to be there. The Texans are still in their building phase. So they were happy to have a veteran that was happy to be with the team. They rewarded Brandon cooks. And, you know, I think that kind of the theme of this move, maybe some of the other moves, is you rewarding your guys, rewarding the leaders in the locker room, and that's what the Texans did with Brandon Cooks. I really yeah, can't say anything 100. else. <laughs> 100%. I, yeah, I was going to say
1: 100%. Like, it's big for Davis Mills, who loved to target him. I think it'll help Nico Collins, who is a perfect complement to Brandon Cooks. They're completely different players. So, I honestly, this team is... I know we like to bash on the Texans, but they're doing it right. And they have capital now. Thank you, Cleveland, to build a almost juggernaut. Like they got the the Larry Tunzel stuff kind of figured out and how he seemed like he's unhappy. But now he's now he's back. And now we're sitting here, you know, thinking, hey, Houston could be could be good.
0: Maybe not this year, but definitely next year. I think they take a big step forward.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, they had the, the run of uh, Bill O'Brien just handing out draft picks left and right. So yeah. they're resetting that now. After They the got lob. bobbed. They got bobbed
0: yes. for sure. Melvin Gordon visiting the Ravens this week. Um, You know, they picked up some older players last year in fill-ins when J.K. Dobbins and Edwards, Gus Edwards went down uh, early in preseason. They wound up with Devontae Freeman. They wound up with Latavius Murray. So they're not afraid to go out and get a veteran to fill the void while these two are still rehabbing uh, their injuries from last season. If Melvin Gordon goes to the Ravens, does that just wipe the, the fantasy value out of the Ravens backfield completely? Especially with Lamar Jackson taking a lot of snaps.
2: I think it deletes Gus Edwards from really being very interesting. That's the first one I go to. I think it says a lot about how they view J.K. Dobbins, though. I think it says a lot about his injury recovery, and it says a lot about long-term. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that J.K. Dobbins would be a great buy, but them making this move strikes to me as they view J.K. Dobbins as a part of a committee backfield, and the idea that he's going to be the bell cow stud RB1 first round draft pick guy kind of goes out the window for me on this because, you know, the reality of it is we lost his second season, his third season if he's splitting time with Melvin Gordon or if they're using draft capital to bring a guy to share time with because that that's the other question. And, and, yeah, it's certainly different to sign a veteran versus bringing draft capital. But, you know, Melvin Gordon is not going anywhere to not play, and that's the reality of the situation with him. So that says a lot about how they view Dobbins. And you're looking at getting through his rookie contract before he really has an opportunity to run with the job.
1: Yeah, for, for me, I'm in the camp where I'm I'm actually trying to ship him off. I know it was a little too late. I actually did in a couple leagues already. And for me, just the way the offense is, Lamar not throwing the ball to the backfield, all that fun stuff, we already had questions about him. Now we're sitting here wondering, okay, they're, they're talking about a running back falling to them. And then possibly drafting, then Melvin Gordon. Like, there's, there's flags popping up to where we actually need to look at him instead of being like, ah, no, he's a buy. Like, that's kind of poor on us thinking that these red flags are nothing, and we're just gonna put on our blinders and think J.K. Dobbins is a top twelve running back. If he's gonna land in an area, I would, I would probably say David Montgomery area, probably worse because Montgomery gets passing work. So if, if it were me. I would love to go to the Montgomery owner and be like, hey, you know, uh, I'll take Montgomery for Dobbins. See how that works, and I'd be happy to have Montgomery. I mean, you might be able to get a little extra, too. And you're going to get probably 30 more points just from the catches alone because I don't think Dobbins is going to be the pass catcher.
0: Fair. I like it. Speaking of pass catchers, Stefan Diggs. Gets a huge extension. And Jeff, I know you are a a diehard Bills fan. How does it make you feel to see Stefan Diggs getting four year, $104 million, and locked in until 2027 with your home team, uh, Buffalo Bills?
2: I think something that people need, you know, (laughs) you're welcome for Diggs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. And it helps Josh Allen out. So no, but I think what people need to understand is for when Ralph was, Wilson, Wilson was the owner, there was a constant cycle of like, I remember taking you know Gil, stuff on Gilmore as an example, but go, even going further back, Nate Clements, like these guys that we'd take these draft picks as bills, for as the bills organization, they would hit in the first round, they would hit free agency and they were gone. And then we were constantly on that cycle of reusing draft picks on either running backs or cornerbacks that they went on to bigger and better things. Marshawn Lynch, Willis McGahee. So I think that there's been a real culture change after Terry Pagula took over, but particularly with Sean uh, McDermott and with Doug, uh, with uh, Brandon Bean there, where they're saying that we're going to reward the leaders in the the locker room. We're going to set that example that if you excel here, we're going to take care of you. And I think that that goes a long way with an organization. And I think that it permeates the whole culture that, you know, guys are are willing to buy in, willing to fight. They're willing to believe that team is going to take care of them versus trying to squeeze every last dime out of them and then turning around and flipping them. Maybe there might be some teams in the Bills division that got away with that for multiple years. But now that they don't have their all time greatest quarterback anymore, that, that might be. I don't know if that culture can continue if you're not winning. And so I'm really thankful that the ownership has made that step forward. And I think it's easy to sit back and say, well, they wasted a bunch of money on his non prime years, but I I just think that culture doesn't get realized enough, especially in our fantasy space. They don't, people don't realize the the things that how these teams are built and and able to build upon themselves.
1: No, I completely agree with that. And, and digs, you kind of saw him in Minnesota, not really get along with Kirk Cousins, and huh, a it, it it became an issue. And I don't know what it was with Kirk Cousins. I I mean, you can kind of see Jefferson starting to, you know, some things Kurt does gets on his nerves. So uh, he gets along perfectly with Josh Allen. He was an amazing talent. I mean, I went back to and looked at his twenty four seven scouting report, and I mean this this kid should have been Alabama, LSU, but he stayed at Maryland to stay home, and I mean it worked out. Fifth round pick, it, that sucked, but man, he is he's getting paid and he's doing well, and it is well deserved. I miss Diggs here. I mean, he was our savior for that 2017 against the Saints, that Minneapolis miracle play. Where I mean, let's be honest, the safety just didn't want to hit him. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah, it, Diggs is a great player. I, I, 28 years old, and, and people are still kind of like, okay, now we can sell him. It's like, no, you got like three really good years out of Diggs still. I don't think he's going to fall off the. His style of play is, is here to stay, kind of like Antonio Brown.
2: Yeah, he was a signing day decision between Ohio State and, and one of Urban Meyer's first recruiting classes. And Urban wanted him to play the Percy Harvin role and then he stayed at Maryland.
1: Yeah, imagine, imagine if he was that oh. Percy Harvin role, I don't think his career would be the same because I think he was when he went to Maryland, he was more of that traditional wide receiver. I know yeah. he did a lot of uh a lot of different things in Maryland, you know, getting he got some handoffs in the backfield, but uh I mean him and DJ Moore were kind of used similar in college, and I mean, it shows they're
2: kind of the got, same type of player. They got a couple more guys coming too. Raheem Jarrett is legit, and that's going to be a name that you're going to look out for in the 23 class. Oh, oh, he's speaking Debbie to us there's, right now, I Tyler. Mean,
1: that last name, Jarrett, <clears throat> there's been a couple players in Debbie throughout like five to ten years that have been hyped, so he should carry this last name well. Hopefully, because none of them really panned out. (laughs) I I have a feeling
0: that Diggs, Diggs does pan out, and he brings your bills, a championship. You guys will raise a trophy. And for you fantasy players out there that love trophies, check out Trophy Smack. Upgrade your fantasy league today. They have football, hockey, basketball, baseball. Hey, you want a golf trophy because you play fantasy golf? Your Masters started or ended their first round today. Um or their last round today. Sorry, shout out Scheffler um, for for winning. He's got his first green jacket. Appreciate that. Well, if you want, if you play fantasy golf, you want a trophy. Hit hit up Trophy Smack. Use our code DHH Ring and get a free sixty dollars championship ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt. They have all the stuffs for your losers as well. So if you like to send toilet bowls in the mail, Trophy Smack's your spot. Check them out and once again use our our promo code DHH Ring at checkout for your free ring. All right. Who wants to talk some wide receivers? Because obviously I've talked long enough. Um, so this class is especially unique in the sense that it's pretty deep, but there is a definite tier break after the first couple guys. I want to say personally, that's how I feel. There's about seven guys that are, that should go in the first day or early second day of the draft
1: in the NFL yeah. draft for, for me, it's one in his own tier and it's been like that since his freshman year. And I'll get to that after, after Jeff kind of goes through his evaluation and his number one. But for me, it's it's one person and I think he's elite. He is Justin Jefferson, CD lamb style of play. And that's that's his comp for me like, wow
0: wow i can't wait to hear about that I'm
1: pretty sure you guys well, know who it is. i mean if, style, if you're
2: going I, there I, then I, know it, it I know
0: who it is i know
2: you know if you're going there i think we have the same number one overall uh, my guy my number one overall is garrett wilson in this class and i think that i think this class right now i'm sitting at a tier of four at the top but i think that the the thing of it is you mentioned that we might get seven maybe even eight because I think the valuation of wide receiver has increased with the contracts that we've seen given out. And so I think that you're going to see teams that want to get that fifth year on guys. Yeah. So that's going to push guys into the first round. So I think maybe you can get up to eight. I have four kind of in an elite tier, but it's what it's weird in this class because what you're looking at is if the, there really is that four at the top and they kind of go, they're getting tied to lesser quarterbacks. And then if you've got guys going in the back half of the first round, if they're getting Aaron Rodgers, they're getting Patrick Mahomes, they're getting potentially Josh Allen as their quarterback, you might have a little bit of a flip going on, and that tier expands, and rankings are going to get really shuffled.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's I agree. Definitely, it's, the beginning of the of the shuffle. Just waiting for the NFL draft.
1: Uh, enough with the wait. Let's just get it over with. Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, you can see it on Twitter. Everybody's, you know, doing these kind of quizzes on different things it's like people just need it because we need content to to push us through this period of time uh yeah Garrett Wilson for me he's everything everything you want in a receiver he's got the vertical he's got finesse route running I mean I see people saying the other Ohio State receiver is a better route runner no I don't think so uh he may be a little more quote-unquote fluid but I think Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he's got you know he's got some things to work on. But once they're like tiny tiny things, and once that happens, you're gonna see that jump. You're gonna see the elite jump into. I, I, all I see is Justin Jefferson out of this kid. Like it's it's the route running, it's the athleticism, it's the run after the catch. He's just the whole package, and yeah, I mean if Atlanta takes him at eight, good night. <laughs> I mean that's that's my team. It's it's Kyle Pitts all over again. It's two years straight of falling in love. I don't I don't know if I have enough love in my heart for both Pitts and Wilson, but I will make sure there's room at the end of the day.
2: The scary thing is, does Marcus Mariota have enough firepower to, does he have the oomph, you know, Garrett Wilson and Kyle Pitts both hit that would be, that's the only thing I certainly understand and respect that you want him to land with your team. And I think that that would be a great spot for him. Certainly going into the top 10 would be fantastic for him. But I'm on the same place with you. I, I think Justin Jefferson's an easy comp. Deontay Johnson, he's a similar type yeah. player as that. It's these are just the guys that they eat volume in NFL offenses now. And that's what you want for fantasy football. And that's where I have Garrett Wilson as number one as well. It's just an easy projection into that role that, you know, they he is able to separate. He's able to get those quick underneath routes, run after the catch. And that's really what teams are craving in offenses right now.
1: So I I Ordered uh, JJ Zacharyson's late round prospect guide, and you brought up Deonta Johnson. And I mean, his three comps, his comparables in his guide are Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and one Deontay Johnson. And you know what? People kind of are like, oh, like I don't think people really like Deontay Johnson as much as they should. People That's don't like thing. Jerry
0: Judy as much, I guess they should. Well, there's one yeah. person
1: I know, <laughs> and that is that chef. The, the thing with Judy is he's just, he's the route runner. Like he is a very, 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 very good route runner. And if you, if you see him play, he's open. It's just, you had drew Locke throwing him the ball. I mean, how many worms died in Denver for drew lock to be that starting quarterback. They were always hitting the ground right in front of his feet, just <laughs> worm burners left and right. And CD lamb, like we all know who CD lamb is. He's the, elite after the catch guy there's a reason why they have him on punt returns and it just thinks he can do with the ball and deontay johnson is just consistently open and he's kind of all of the above that's what wilson is and yeah like jj zacharyson he's his highest ranked prospect at 97.6 percent in his Z prospect score i recommend people to go get this guide it's wonderful if you aren't huge in the analytics like i am He makes you better understand numbers. And for people like me who, you know, need a coloring book, it's perfect.
0: (laughs) A coloring book. Wow. Maybe Maybe I'll send you a dry erase board. I can color inside the lines. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I did pick that that up last week, but I haven't been able to. I've been very busy at work and I have not been able to go through it. But, you know, you you mentioned CeeDee Lamb being used on punt return team. Deontay Johnson was used on punt return early in his career. And Ohio State used Garrett Wilson on punt return when he was a freshman. So he's done that before. And so he's got that skill set. And that's really what you see. Like after the catch and it really pops.
0: All right, let's get into the next wide receiver. Um, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Now he started off before the pro uh before the combine. He had all the jazz. He was the number one. And what
1: is having all the jazz? All Can the I jazz. ask?
0: Like he's got all the juice, man. He's like, getting all I, the fame. I all say, all say the, oomph. All the is the your love. thing jazz?
1: Is your thing I mean, jazz? Is it is this a new thing?
2: It could be. We All could,
1: the Gabagool. Could,
2: oh,
0: gaba goal. Hey, hey, gabba goal, <laughs> not the gabba ghoul. It's not a it's not a monster, it's not a ghoul, it's a goal. It's not
1: a gabba ghoul,
0: it's a gabba goal. <laughs> All right. So when you're eating the gabba goal and you're watching Traylon Burks, why do we think that the combine had such a negative effect on his appeal? Like, I see everywhere on Twitter that people are just like, Oh, yeah, he's not the number one anymore he's taken a few hits i've even i've even seen other players drop him down maybe to like 3 or 4 on their wide receiver boards but he's supposed to be a massive guy 6 foot 2 225 he's a little bit older which scares me but i want to know what you guys think because i'm on the fence about him and i and i need i need something to push me
2: either way Hopefully well, you're both not negative.
1: Hopefully you don't tear something when <laughs> well, you slip
2: off that right, fence. I got a goal. <laughs> so so pre-combine, I think there was a notion that was floating around the community that he was basically this six foot five, two hundred and thirty-five pound four two guy. And, I heard a and, three nine. And, yeah, yeah. People <laughs> people were absolutely ridiculous on him prior to the combine. And, and I he think he was that shrinking every comment. You know, the the reality of it is like you you could see. Yeah, he showed burst on tape, and he was able to make plays, and especially after the catch, he was able to make plays. But a lot of what was being said on Twitter, if you watched him at Arkansas, it was not not what it um, was being talked about. But anyways, I, I think that... You know, we're all, I don't know, I hate going there, but it's at the same time, everybody's looking for the next Debo. Um, But really what you're looking for is a a player that can be used in a multifaceted role, and that's where Traylon Burks comes in. He's he's, He's a guy that probably struggles to get off press coverage at the next level, but I don't know that that matters so much as... He's got that athletic athletic ability that he can have touches schemed up, that he can be have some creative usage. And you know that this is a copycat league, so coaches are going to be looking for the next guy that fits in that role, and that's the value on Traylon Burks. Now, I've heard him, you know, the draft community from the jump was lower on him than the fantasy community because of those concerns that he doesn't exactly profile to be a number one wide receiver that you can consistently line up outside, dictate coverage, win, and and all those things. Um, so, so that's, there's been a little bit of a disconnect through the process there, but again, he's just got that, that size the athleticism to be able to handle volume. And that's really what you're looking for.
1: For, for me, there are red flags. And <laughs> I think the main issue, why, you know, you see people like chef hedging is because we have on one hand, Nikhil Harry, who showed similar style of play kind of the, it honestly go Thank watch receiver. Go watch the Kill Harry film at Arizona State. Use the same. Very close to line of scrimmage. Get the ball in his hands and let him do his thing. And people realize, hey, you know, he, he can't separate. And people are worried about that with Traylon Burks. And I had the same worries because that's how he was used. He was used on jet sweeps. He was getting screens, ball in his hands early and just go. But then again, you have DK Metcalf who is like, okay, can he he's he's definitely not as fast as Metcalf like that's easy but he can run a good nine route that that's that's seen like he's he he's strong and and he's able to get the corner off of him on nine routes but the issue is the corners always draped over him there's always and we're gonna we're talk about another receiver that we see in contested catches who's amazing at him but it seems like all of his catches are contested hmm. so maybe the then, next guy in my opinion, I like guys like Garrett Wilson, who can get open quick, who are very quick off the line, can get open, great route runners. I worry about Traylon Burks. Can he be AJ Brown, who also fell in the in rookie drafts, who was a late first, early second and super flex and was an extreme value because we all worried about landing spot and oh, he wasn't that fast. Like we're like, oh, AJ Brown's not that quick. Maybe he's just a guy. And he fell. So maybe Traylon Burks is that. The issue is we just don't know. And honestly, I think it's going to be coach dependent. If he lands with a good system that can kind of figure out who he is, that's going to work. The issue with Nikhil Harry is, I mean, Bilicek's like, hey, this is what you're going to do. If you can't do it, you're not playing. And guess what? Nikhil Harry couldn't do it, and he didn't play. He got outproduced by... UDFA's seventh round picks and the Harry is now left for dead in dynasty.
0: It, I it saw, sucked. I saw a most recent mock draft on Twitter today. Um, Traylon Burks falling to the Eagles at 15. I don't know if I like him there. I don't know if it's I a think run it helps, first offense. I, I think
1: that helps Smith personally who, Oh, it'll definitely th-
0: help Smith, but whether or not it, it makes me want to jump off no. and, and grab Traylon Burks. No. Now say it's green Bay.
1: Green Goal Bay, 100. But the thing is, Rodgers is very dependent on knowing where his receivers are going to be. Yes, he can improv, but he's getting at the age where he needs to know where you're going to be in your route. Traylon Burks is a little raw at route running. Will they actually connect as well as we think? That's where my yeah, be Kansas, Kansas yeah. City is a different story because Mahomes improvs everything. I think Kansas City is the best landing spot for him and his athleticism and how he can be used because Traylon Burks can kind of use his athletic profile and improv when Mahomes is running around and scrambling. And Mahomes doesn't care. Like Mahomes is going to throw it to you and make sure he throws you open. So for me, I think Kansas City is the best landing spot, not Green Bay, any of that. If Burks lands there, he'll push up. So it's you know, definitely landing spot dependent.
2: You know where he's going. I'll tell you right now where he's going. He's going to be Dallas Cowboy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's big, true. Big receiver from yeah. Arkansas that they moved out of Mari Cooper. He's going to be a Dallas Cowboy. And, and you know, he's going to be in that offense. And if he's in that Cooper role, then maybe. But yeah, you that again, you want to see creative usage. And Mark McCarthy wouldn't be a coach that I would trust to have creative <laughs> usage with him. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that you're running into two camps. You're getting the people that were burnt by Nakeel Harry don't, don't want to go there again. And so they're probably lending more towards easy separators. And I, you know, I, I agree. Like that's really what I think offenses are looking for, but I think that you're also having people that are chasing the, there must be a stud receiver in this class. And he most looks like guys that I traditionally think are stud yep. receivers. And so that's kind of what you're getting out of that too.
1: Yeah. And, and Zacharyson's comps are Elshon Jeffrey, that's a good one. Uh, Alan Robinson and ugh, this one's gross. Stephen Hill, if you can remember back then, yeah, uh, Georgia
2: Tech, New York Jets, yes. six foot four, ran like a four two. I
1: I mean I'm gonna go back to say uh, Nick Whalen, who's a good friend of mine. I met him a couple of times. He had him comped to Demarius Thomas, and if you think about that, Demarius Thomas was very raw, very athletic, and I, I think he showed a little better in the combine, but he was at Georgia Tech. They run like, what is it, a three, five, seven type option offense? <laughs> they just run the ball. They hardly throw. The quarterbacks are running back. Uh, so for me, that's a great comp. And if Burks can have the mentality to fix things, uh, the thing that worries me about that is, you know, he didn't run his 40 at his pro day, and you hear uh, interviews of Traylon Burks Burke saying, you know, he didn't really run well at his 40 because he didn't train for it or he wasn't trained to run the, it's like these players spent months training to specifically run this 40 yards. And Traylon Burks is sitting here saying, well, I didn't really train for it. It's like, ugh, like you kind of, you don't like to hear that. Nope.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that, I guess that happens every season. You know, we, we look at, we look for the speedsters, you know. Henry Ruggs was a was a a flash of lightning as far as the '40s go. And then when they get to the NFL level, you, we find out that they're not the best wide receiver in that class. It, it a lot of it has to do with landing spot, draft capital. I think that Traylon Burks gets the draft capital that he needs to succeed in the NFL. Whether or not he contributes, really like first season is is going to be the tricky thing. If It depends on how fast he can catch on and definitely landing spot. You have to remember that only two wide receivers uh, in the past, I don't know, five, six years have actually been wide receiver ones in their rookie season. And it's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So we've seen back-to-back years as anomalies. And I think the mistake that most fantasy players are doing now is they're expect especially the newer ones are expecting this anomaly to continue over and over and over again and i don't think we're going to see that this year with the big influx of wide receiver and all the other competition that has gotten paid so far this offseason i think some of these guys are going to hit the back of the bus until later on in the season and come on like a normal Freshman rookie, rookie wide receiver. Year
1: two is usually when you see the jump. But, you know, Jefferson and Chase have have ruined us, which is weird because back when I started Dynasty, it was year three. Like you had to wait till year three. Now it's year two is usually it. But now it's going to be year one like that. People are just getting
0: spoiled. Uh, So, yeah, I'll spoil myself over the next guy that we're going to talk about, because (laughs) my guy. We're going to my guy (laughs) Drake, the Royal Exchange, London. All right, Tyler, you 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 know Royal Exchange. How long is the money man? How many? I I, I was searching for historic uh, London buildings today. Uh, Jeff, I'll let you in on the little inside joke here. I called him uh, the Eiffel Tower. The uh, the first time I talked about him, you know, I put myself out there a little bit, Yeah,
1: not in London, not Not at all.
0: No, not in London. Yeah. It was a great day. It was a great laugh. Uh, That's what we, um, wide receiver USC. He is one of my favorite guys out of this class. He has a basketball background. He can jump. Um, when I first did my research, I comped him to Mike Williams, Mike Evans, and I see that trend going forward. Uh, Around social media. So I'm really excited to hear both of you and what your opinions are on Drake London, because I see him at, at most people's number two behind Garrett Wilson.
2: Yeah. My comp for him is T Higgins. And I, cause I think that T Higgins gets um, used a lot more. Drake London's able to be used in the slot. USC lined him up all over. And I know that there are, are a lot of, everybody wants to throw out separation stats and whatever. If you didn't watch college football, if you don't watch USC, the ball was going to drake London on, on every single play and everybody in the stadium knew it this guy was getting like 15 targets a game and they did not have good quarterback play at usc so when you've got you know you're getting double teamed and the ball's still coming at you or you know there have been there are multiple plays you can find easily online where um, he's got the guy beat and he's got to come back for a lollipop ball and so by the time it gets to him the defenders come back on him so i think that there are a lot of those type of things on tape but he's shown a lot more more versatility. And and I understand like as a six foot five guy and you look at stats and see contested catch that those are going to be natural comps, but they have lined him up all over. And this guy is freakishly athletic in terms in, in that six foot five frame. And so that's kind of where I go with T Higgins because T Higgins, the Bengals have used him in the slot, used him on slants and also his ability to win downfield and contested catches. And so that's where I land with Drake London.
1: Yeah. And, and people are going with the Mike Evans route, but I, I love Mike Evans. You know, the whole debate of OBJ and Mike Evans back oh, in 2015 yeah. after the rookie years, I was Mike Evans camp. I love the style of play, but I don't think Drake London is him because Mike Evans caught the ball and was down. Like he couldn't run after the catch. Drake London can, he is very good at after the catch. He he's, he's very bendy for his frame we're going to see how fast he is. I think he's got his makeup pro day coming up here soon. Uh, I, Jeff, you probably know more about that than I do, but I know it's coming up quick. He is a big guy. He He's almost like the complete opposite anybody else in this class because he is the traditional X receiver that you used to see in the days of Calvin Johnson, aforementioned Mike Evans. It's just, is that the route NFL is going? Like Jeff, you talked about how, you know, the balls that he was getting thrown, he had to come back and get, and I do agree, but there is plays where he's got a corner draped over him on a, on a nine route. Is, is he fast enough to separate? It's the same issues we see with these bigger receivers. And once again, it depending on the team. I think he'd be a great fit in Chicago. I don't think he's going to get a, a chance to be in Chicago because they don't have a first round pick. If he lands with the jets, I'm not sure if I like that. That I mean, it's a a perfect fit. I'm not a fan of the quarterback there, so that's where my issue is. But you know what? If Zach Wilson gets a little bit of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a YOLO ball in him, just likes to throw it up. Oh, he's got a YOLO ball
0: already. We know that. That's true. It's about the only thing he's got. That is a
1: great fit for him. Drake London, if he lands in Atlanta again, Mariota is not that quarterback. Mariota is i I'm going to hang on to it. I'm going to make the smart play. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. A lot of these wide receivers are all different. They give you a different aspect, different styles. So for me, it's where they get drafted. Drake London is definitely in my top three to four. I would say he's right with Traylon Burks and the questions I have about him. The pro day will answer the speed question for me. And if he answers that, I think I'll be okay.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've had Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver one for a year, and I, I'm very high on Drake London too, and I really want to. I'm kind of in the same place. Like I want to see where this forty comes in because if, if he's cracking sub four five in a six foot five frame, I mean we're we're looking at something special. I think that might not be anywhere else in this class, um, but I think that you're exactly right in terms of the way that offenses have have shifted towards quickness, speed, guys who can create quickly, and he's not going to be that type of guy, but he did show a lot of versatility.
1: Yeah, and, and you talked about Wilson. So DeAndre Swift, his freshman year, his first game, I said Swift is my RB1 when he comes out. No, hands down, that's it. I stood by it. He was. Wilson, his freshman year, when I saw him make plays, I was like, he's it. He is the guy. I mean, his freshman year, he came in was like, it was easy to him. It just seemed like he was just playing in the backyard with friends. And yeah, I agree. Wilson just popped off the tape. Drake London, he played with, you know, Pittman, Amaral St. Brown. And he had his breakout year this year, had the injury. That's not the worry. It's just a little bit of the athletic profile. And yeah, I mean, speed isn't everything. He can win in different, uh, you know, other ways. So, if you want a big receiver and that's your style, Drake London should be your wide receiver one, hands down, because he's the the cream of the crop when it comes to the 6'4", 200, 15, 220 fifteen, two hundred twenty pound receiver, and he could just he could be the pick. I mean, I could be sitting here wrong on Wilson, and he could just dominate because he's got that style of play,
0: and he's got a fancy nickname too, uh, the Royal Exchange. You know. Uh... But I, I'm glad we mentioned fast-paced wide Can receivers. I royally
1: exchange that nickname.
0: Um, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. It depends on the the amount of you know cheddar you're gonna throw back my way. Um, we were talking about fast wide receivers and guys that could create separation. And this next guy that we're going to talk about in Jameson Williams from Alabama is all about that. He's got the similar play style that I saw in Marquise Brown. He has that long ball capability. And I think wherever he lands, he's going to make some kind of an impact for fantasy.
2: Yeah. I think that there are, um, three wide receivers in this class that could be the first ones off the board in the draft, and I, I would have Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Jamison Williams in that running. I just don't think that Traylon Burks is there; that he's going to be the first guy off the board. Um, he
1: dropped the second, like yeah, Burks. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's the reality of it. Jamison Williams, man, I love him. Um, you know, he he was at Ohio State, and he's getting so much. Like everybody's conflicted on him, it seems like. But the reality of it is, is he wasn't playing at Ohio state because he was behind potentially three of the five best college football rate wide receivers. And he was playing at Ohio state. He just wasn't getting the ball. And, and I think that that's one of those, if you're just looking at the stat sheet and you see that he doesn't have high numbers, he was on the field and he was put in big situations at Ohio state. There were some kind of con- questions, concerns about maybe maturity level um, concentration type things in that wide receiver room. And I think it's the case where when you're in a wide receiver room with guys that are ready to be NFL starters from the moment they walk onto college. And you know, it can, if you stand out a little bit in the other direction, it can be glaring as opposed to, and then he goes to Alabama. He immediately takes over the alpha wide receiver role in Alabama, And that it's not like this guy went to Northern Illinois and started to be the stud wide receiver. He went to Alabama and you know, he was a, a key. He was really the key piece that put them in the title game because without him on that offense. Yeah. You know Bryce Young won the Heisman, and and certainly congratulations to him. But I think that if you took Jamison Williams out of that offense, that offense would really have lacked a vertical threat that could threaten the defenses like the way Jameson Williams did. And I don't think Alabama's playing in the national championship game, much less maybe even the SEC title game without Jamison Williams in that offense because he had that big of a season for. Him.
1: Yeah. He, once again, we're going to go into the issue and what you believe. And if he's different, like uh, we heard people with Henry Ruggs, people are like, oh, he's not Will Fuller. He can do more. He's he's a route runner. But you know what? Ruggs went to a situation. I'm, I'm gonna, I am I'm feel like I'm going to say that. Just talk people's ear about situation where he was used as an eye route guy. And they didn't really use him anywhere else until you saw beginning of this year when he was used a little more before the unfortunately the incident. But Jameson Williams, I think he he's different. Because the way he he runs his routes, he uses his speed as almost a weapon. Like, it's not just I'm going to I'm going to outrun you. He uses it tactically. He he speeds up, accelerates, and he's very good at it. And then it's almost like he pumps, pushes a brake a little bit, like he's going to go left or right. And then uses that quick acceleration to take off. Gym and stick. he's got and he's got you by like eight yards. Like it's it's over. And if he goes to an offense that sees that and a quarterback with a good arm that can give him the ball, like a Mahomes, like if that's it, like I, James Williams is my wide receiver too, easily, hands down. And it's it's very fun to watch. If you just watch him run routes, it's not it's not real fancy or it's not like a chess player. It's just he knows how to use his speed against you. And he is going to burn you. He knows he's faster than you, but that's not how he wins. He wins with the technical ability of his speed. And that I love that. I love that so much about him. And it's very rare that you see a person that fast able to manipulate with that speed. And I, I love everything about him. His hands are great. Yeah, he had a couple, couple drops. But, I mean, when you're going that fast and you're running away from somebody the fast as fast as you can, I'm not going to blame that on him. I mean, he doesn't have Troy Williamson hands. He's got really good hands for how fast he's going and how deep he's going on those throws. JJ has him comped for Jerry Judy. I can understand that. I don't think he's as good a route runner as Jerry Judy. I think Judy probably has that on him. And then he's got Kelvin Ridley, which is interesting because I think the body type is very similar as Kelvin Ridley. Like Ridley was 6'1", about 175. That's what Jameson's at. And then his other one's Diami Brown. And, I am i mean, people love Diami Brown. I love Diami Brown. Yeah. yeah. I, he, he could be an off-season buy. Washington, you know. please
0: get Sam out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Bring it back. I please. mean, they got Carson Wentz, who loves to throw it deep. So you never know, but Diami Brown in college was a dynamic Brown. Yeah, dynamite, <laughs> yeah.
0: dynamite Brown. I think I uh, nicknamed him. But oh, yeah, God. man, maybe I should stop nicknaming players. Uh, no, but I... let's keep, let's keep the trend going on Ohio State wide receivers, and let's get into somebody that actually excelled at the combine more so than what other analysts had thought. They were he was going to do. We definitely saw his stock and value rise after the combine, and it was Chris Olave. Now Chris Olave, he wanted to show up to the NFL. I I thought he did declare, and then he backed out. He went back to school. Is that what happened, Jeff? You're the Ohio State uh fan, and I know you know a lot about Ohio State football.
2: No, he never declared. um He okay. was always it was it was a question. He was expected to declare. And it was surprising that he didn't, but he never did actually declare okay, and come back. Good. So.
1: My issue is, did he actually rise in draft stock? He he might have a tad, but he was like in the 20s, I think, range for people coming out last year. That's kind of where he was expected to land, maybe mid to late first.
2: Hmm. He had so he had major questions about ball security uh, yeah. in the 20 season. He fumbled. I think it was like five or six times because he would stay up. He would try to make plays and he'd fumble. And he, he saw and Kenny and Pickett so,
1: and he's like, oh. That that yeah. guy, that guy's outdoing me. I need to fumble more.
2: Yeah. So there's, I don't know. I, I you know I, he's a guy that I'm. I don't know. I I don't want to be labeled a biased homer, but the reality <laughs> of is Ohio State has pretty good players. Um. So you know if you're gonna call me a homer for saying Ohio State's good, well that is what that is. But uh, I think he's a guy that people aren't. They're hesitant to buy in all the way because, um, he didn't didn't like blow away the competition, but when your competition is Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba, of course you didn't blow away the competition. Um, And I see a lot of people saying about him that he is a, uh, you know, high end wide receiver too, but you know, we know he's fast and we know that he's able to separate quickly and easily. And he's, we know that um, I think that there's questions about him not fighting through contact this year. But I, I think that that was an adjustment made by the coaching staff that, Hey, when you've got 20 yards go down and let's make another play instead of you staying up and fumbling the ball again. And so I think that there was some of that that went on, but um, Terry Mc- Terry McLaurin, you go to the same school comps. Like there's a, he's a guy that kind of, he's always reminded me of McLaurin because uh, he played special teams. He made a lot of great plays on special teams. He had a pump block for a touchdown against Michigan uh, two or three years ago. And and he's just one of those guys that, you know, instinctually understands football. He's incredibly smooth, incredibly fast. And I don't think there's any I don't think we should have put a ceiling on him as a wide receiver, too, because he can do all the things that check all the boxes to be a wide receiver one.
1: See, I think we might be on different Twitter sphere because I stated oh, that that I. Uh, I'm not too big on him. He he's like outside of my wide receiver. Like he might be wide receiver six, maybe five. I'm not really on him. My. And, and after I posted that, people just roasted me. People like, no, no, that that's not it. Like I,
0: what the difference between one of the, your wide receiver five and wide receiver. seven? Well, Come on. I,
1: it's not that it's that I called Chris Alave, uh, Devin Smith from Ohio state. If you remember him uh, back in the day, <sighs> uh, I, I think he's got the uh, – I, I just think he's –
0: Tyler's not a fan. He's a guy. Like he's, he's a guy? He's more than a no, guy. Not, Man, like not a three. guy. <laughs> I, that's
1: true, but I mean – he's JJ one of those, ha- Okay. JJ so, has him as Will fuller Comp, Zay Jones, and Devonta Smith. So they're all kind of those so smaller field players. Field stretchers. Field stretchers, stretcher. but smaller and – can they, they they gotta beat press differently? And now NFL doesn't press as much as people think. That's that's starting to become like the cap. It's a myth. I mean, if you're if you're an elite player like Mike Evans, you're going against Jalen Ramsey, he's gonna be in your face all the time. But that's that's completely different. So Olave, I think, in this NFL, like I, I preach on separation and those type of receivers. I do like that about Olave, but in my opinion, I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to be an elite player. Like like you said, he's not Wilson elite level athleticism. He can't win in, in those type of ways. Is he going to be, God, who could I, who could I comp him to? You guys talk because there, there's a comp in my head that I just can't figure out.
0: A comp for Chris Olave?
1: Yes. And I just can't figure it out. It's fine, but it's not great. I you know what Cal I'm
2: Ridley's saying? He's a nice comp for him. I think I don't Kevin know. Ridley
1: had a little more suddenness to him.
2: I, see, I, I, just, I just think that, okay. So I think Chris Alave is one of those guys that everything just looks so smooth that you almost wonder, is he trying as hard as he can? But meanwhile, everybody is getting further and further away from him on the field. It, it's just one of those things where, um, and, I, and I know coming out of high school, he didn't have a huge recruiting profile i think he was a three-star coming out and he was one of those guys that they went and saw god what quarterback was it uh they went and saw a quarterback that was he was at school with and they fell in love with the quarterback and he ended up along with him and i'm blanking on what quarterback it was um he was almost like a toss-in like a recruiting trip so went to see the other guy and said who is that and he ended up at ohio state and certainly he he has been a star since day one. I mean, this isn't the guy that sat at Ohio State for four years and then came in and had one good season. This guy made impact plays as a freshman, and he is he is a pure football player. He is so smooth, and I just think that you're underselling you know who his.
1: athleticism. He he's Darnell Mooney, which is fine.
2: Whoa, I like that. I like Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I mean, I do Darnell too. Mooney's but got he's a very he's, good... he's a little bit
0: bigger than Darnell he's, Mooney. Yes, is. is
1: he though?
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean he's Mooney's almost one ninety, right?
1: No, he's like one eighty-three or one eighty-five.
2: I thought Mooney's like one seventy eight. Yeah, Mooney is Mooney like one
1: eighty. All right. So he's bigger than he's bigger than Mooney. So he's one eighty-seven <laughs> on JJ's prospect guide.
2: All right, six foot. Cool.
1: Mooney's five eleven, about one seventy-eight. But I think their play style is very similar. <laughs> they they're fast, they can get open easily, they're smooth. But I don't think they're the traditional one. They need somebody else with them to help them. They're wide receiver. Like if at best, in my opinion, Alave is a wide receiver three for fantasy teams. Like that's where you want him. You don't want him as your one. You don't really feel great as a, as him as uh, your in two. In his
0: rookie year, you're saying? I'm saying in general. Oh, just in general. A wide receiver.
1: Three. Like he, he'll have a year. Like uh, I, I, who's comp- kind of hard there? to get behind that. Um, Kyle Yates had a great comp for him Emmanuel Sanders. That's another okay. one.
0: Field now, strength. Emmanuel
1: Sanders was like a 800, 900 yard guy at, in Pittsburgh. He had thousand yards a couple of times. And that's Manny. where he's at. Like, like that. And that's a great comp. He's smooth. He's not anything that's going to be like, he's my wide receiver one. Or you're sitting there. You're like, I got two wide receiver ones on my team. And he's, he's, you know, involved in that. I would sleep. I'd be more than happy to take Olave in the second round, early second, but I know I'm not going to get him there.
0: Yeah, well, you know what you can do? You can go to Underdog and play sophomores and rookies best ball and, and get one of these guys.
1: I did. I've actually drafted Olave in one of them.
0: <laughs> and if you go right now to Underdog, go and download the app right now, hit pause, go download and they will deposit match $100 up to $100 and get you some free money in there to go and play some best ball. You know, they have prop bets, they're all kinds of things. The biggest up and coming app in the fantasy community, go and check them out on underdog. Use our code D H H for once again, up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. So let's get into the second half of these guys. And I guess we'll do 10 of these guys. Um, to stop the pain on the back end because it does drop off pretty fast and I know we and I guess when we close we'll say like one of our sleepers in this yeah. rookie class that we're trying to to match up with so where are we at here so that brings us to Georgia Mr. Georgia George Pickens wide receiver 6 on DLF rookie uh ADP and I'm, I'm a decent fan of George Pickens, not to say that, but I think this is the start of the dropping off point. Like these guys, you can interchange between six, seven, and eight, and maybe even nine. Like the next four guys are on the fence players for me. And I I want your opinions to help me out, be a better dynasty player. Because I, I mean, Jeff, I know you got the scoop on rookies, Tyler, I know you like Pickens. What do you guys got for me? I mean, do you want me
1: to go first, Jeff, on this one? Yeah, because go ahead, Tyler. First. Yeah, I I love George Pickens. I see a lot of T. Higgins in him, and their their stories are very similar, in my opinion. Like T. Higgins, he had the neck issues, and he kind of got past it. Am I right on that? Didn't T. Higgins have like the neck thing? I
2: think you're thinking of Justin Ross was the guy that. Oh, Justin
1: the Ross. Issues. T. Higgins had an ACL, didn't he? Or he had uh, an ankle. He had a, he had a major injury.
0: Pickens before. had an
1: ACL. Pickens had and has an ACL. Also
0: been labeled as a troublemaker. So that I'm a little hesitant. And that's now why is he a troublemaker
1: or does he have that old school wide receiver diva mentality, like the Terrell Owens style? The the <sighs> I am good at what I do mentality. And people, you know, nowadays may take that. I'm sorry. Maybe route. he has a
0: maturity problem.
1: Maturity could be the right right route. In my opinion, if you've got confidence, it could be taken differently these days than maturity issues. Like, oh, that that guy. I mean, ignorant. the kid
0: started a fight and like sat out half of the SEC conference championship. Correct? Is that what
2: I happened? mean,
1: have you, it, we've all played professional sports? You know how heated you could get. I played <laughs> hockey, but I played beer league hockey and almost got in a fight. Like that is uh, that's kind of the it's competitiveness, the, the competitiveness perhaps? I want in a player. Like I want somebody that wants to push and just is in the game. I he's a five-star recruit, major, major recruit. And I, Jeff, I know you're big in the Debbie right before his ACL injury. He was the talk like that was, it was George Pickens. Like this guy is at least top three in this class. Now he came back, he played in the last game. He he did. All right. Didn't he have like two for 44, in made, his last, he made a game.
2: fantastic play against uh, yeah. Alabama in the title game.
1: Yep, and, and that's what he is. He, he's T Higgins. Like T Higgins, in my opinion, there's games where you're going to get the the three for forty. You're going to get seven points from T Higgins some games, but just like Pick Pickens can do that, Pickens can also get you the eight for one fifty and two like that. He's capable of that, and I love that about Pickens. He's capable of being a wide receiver one for a team. And Higgins has that as well. Higgins is a little bigger. I would love to see Pickens put a little weight on him. He's about 195. I would like to see him at like 210 for his size. And if a weight room will get that up, he's you know still recovering from that ACL. I think he's gonna be just fine. He'll he'll be in that Michael Pittman range of draft. He'll be an early second round pick, maybe even late first. But in my opinion, I think he'll st- like slate right in that early second. Maybe Atlanta goes a different route. They don't go receiver at eight. They take pick-ins, keep him in Georgia. I would love that.
2: He's a guy that I think I worry that he's going to be a little bit um, role-limited, that he's going to be pigeonholed into just being a field stretcher. Because I don't know, Georgia's offense is tough to judge because they didn't, they don't really run a. A projectable offense. They're they they like to run the ball a lot. They had Stetson Bennett at quarterback. They had a lot of ball control, and they yeah, would occasionally take shots deep. You know, <laughs> their you know, defense, defense is... is insane, and so the offense was essentially we had yeah. the athletes to hit a big play, and they would use him in that role. So, like we haven't seen him really show that skill set of you know lining up throughout formation continually you know eating volume and and so that's kind of where i land on george pickens as like potentially a downside as i just worry about him only being an outside guy used to stretch the field almost like the marquis valda scantling type role and so if he can him. <laughs> you know if he can make that leap to to be that, I think the talent's certainly there. the the yeah. profile and everything's certainly there that he can do that. Um, but you know we haven't seen it yet. And so I think that that's kind of where the difficulty lies in projecting.
1: Yeah and and you get JJ's prospect scores, his uh, statistical comparables. Nico Collins, I mean, I still love Nico Collins. Uh, Aaron Dobson, the the hype hype hype, and T Higgins. Is another one, so he's right around that range of like you said, the the nine route guys. Pickens does have a little bit to kind of round out the edges of his game with the routes, but honestly, he is going to be that late round, first, early second round guy that you're going to be choosing between him or Olave. And it's pick your poison for me right now, it's Pickens landing spot dependent. Like, say Olave goes to Green Bay, that is where I might have Olave. Just Move fitting up. perfect because, like I said, Rogers is a uh, hey. I need you here at this time, and Alave is going to be that guy. Alave is going to be at that spot right at the right time. Now, Matt Waldman has Alave as his wide receiver one. I got told that plenty of times after I went on Twitter <laughs> and said something. I don't know how many people posted about Matt Waldman as wide receiver one. Matt Waldman's great. He does fantastic work. He watches about three hundred and sixty-five more days more of tape than I do because that man is glued to his tape watching. So uh if you want to go listen to him and his rankings, I'm perfectly fine with that. You can go ahead and do that. It's just my opinion that Olave is lower than wide receiver one.
0: I, I believe in Matt Woolman. Uh he, want, he told everybody to stay away yeah, from what Zach. are you
1: doing on Sundays?
0: <laughs> yeah, on Sundays I'm watching football. And I mean chasing my children, but yeah. I'm not going to be talking. I'm not going to be drafting the next guy on Sundays. Christian uh, Watson from North Dakota state. Now, if you're coming from a lower school, we've saw it with, uh, Oh, what's his name. And uh, now I'm blanking on him. The guy that went to Liberty. Was that Don was that? No, it was, uh, yeah. he went <laughs> yeah, to Washington went from lit. No Liberty to Washington. He was a receiver. Oh, now I'm blanking on his name because he didn't turn out. To Golden Gandy. Yeah, that's it, Antonio Gandy Golden. Gandy Golden, right? Yeah. Uh, so these lower, completely different conferences. Player. Yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> not comping him to Antonio Gandy Golden. Okay, what I am saying is these lower schools, North Dakota State, Liberty, transferring into the NFL, and with not so too they much transferring to the
1: NFL now. Uh, well. <laughs> all right. I, You're Chef, an ass. Chef, I'm just going to stop you right now. You know what? For me, I don't Watson, like Christian Watson. I'm, Let me hear I'm your take. I'm kind of in the same boat. He's a guy that's super athletic. We see this all the time. Jeff Janice, you know, guys like yeah. that. Super, super athletic. But you know what? I didn't see him dominate like Cooper Cup did in the lower, lower Division two. He should have dominated with these athletic scores. Like I, Trey Lance. As his quarterback, who has a phenomenal deep ball, should have been able to dominate. I know the offense was a little different, but in my opinion, he should have just killed it. Corey Davis, Cooper Cup, they destroyed their lower end conferences in college. So for me, I'm actually out on him as well. And uh, yeah, Jeff, you can go.
2: Well, that offense was weird because that offense at North Dakota state, they, they rely on the tight end and they rely on the fullback. And like, how many offenses are you going to find that rely? And, on and it was always a
1: one read. It was Trey Lance yeah. one read and then take off or get the ball and run.
2: Yeah. But God, I, I, you know, Watson's the guy that uh, he's landing in like that mid second round. And I love taking a stab on him there. And I've, I think I'm in a league with chef where I ended up with him in that round, but he stands to me as the guy most likely to, if he gets drafted by the Packers or the chiefs and all of a sudden you have a six foot four guy that ran a four three, whatever it was, and he's attached to Patrick Mahomes, he's, you know that people are going <laughs> to take him in the first round, but you know, he did show a little bit more creative usage. Um, he, there was a lot of, getting the ball early, letting him create after the run. And so he did show those things and he doesn't project only as a six foot four run out the field, Steven Hill to go back to get that comparison type guy, because I think that there was a little bit more that he did show. And he's certainly got the athletic tools and everything is there. Um, I I hear you on, they didn't use him like you would love to see, especially at that level but they didn't really need to like that program, like wins every game anyways, like doing what they do. So it's, it's one of those that God, it's, I, I it's just, tough. I could see him going late first round landing attached to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to be going in the first round in rookie drafts. I feel like once you get <sighs> it, the more general public outside of us, um, outside yeah. of, you know, kind of the industry drafts. I think you're going to see him going in that area.
1: hundred, percent more, um, amateur leagues. Uh, I'll say like home leagues that I'm in. If he lands in the end of the first with a team like that. Yeah. He he's going to be a first round rookie pick in my opinion, like from what you, the thing that kind of makes me hesitate on my thinking is like you said, in the senior bowl, he dominated. And what people saw was, and what they had issues with is he had trouble getting off the line and his routes weren't crisp. Well, at the senior bowl, he showed the exact opposite. He was able to get off the line very well and his routes were phenomenal. He was beating everybody. So is it, uh, has he worked on things? Has he changed? And if that's the case, because from what you hear, he's a complete lunch pail guy. First one in last one out coach's son type guy, uh, you know, has coffee in the morning with his quarterback, so that is where we are at with Watson. And yeah, if he's a mid-second, I'm fine with taking it because this mid-to-late second in this rookie draft is not great. No, no.
0: it's it's definitely not. Um, one guy that probably be won't be there in the mid-to-late second is our next wide receiver, Jahan Dotson, oh, out of yes. Penn State. <laughs> Thank God we made it to Jahan Dotson. I like him. I have him as my number six. Uh, from the film that I've watched I have on him, ahead him of his <laughs> hands are great. He does not drop the ball. 30% target share, 62% catch percentage. I like those odds. Wherever he lands, I believe he can contribute right out the gate. What do you think, Jeff?
2: I have him as my wide receiver nine. Um, I'm a little bit more Ooh. limited on him. Um, you, you know, I, I, think that there's, we haven't mentioned one guy that I've got big 10 player in, but...
1: and you don't like big 10 players. Is that why? Yes. yes. Ohio I'm, State's I'm, coming I'm
2: biased. I'm biased against oh, uh, everything related to the big 10. Um, but anyways, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know what I role I,
1: I'm going to interrupt you. What do you think of Ibrahim out of Minnesota? <laughs> I, I, you're a Debbie guy and I, I'm a big Gophers fan. I love Ibrahim. He's like a hero up here. Uh,
2: what I would hope you he makes it him? back? I
1: know, you know that's I, true.
2: I, I hope he makes it back from the injury, and yeah. the, you know, I, and I, I wonder what they're going to do with that backfield because they kind of went more towards a committee approach last year, and and guys showed things, and so I, th- he, you know, I think that if he hadn't gotten hurt, he was tearing up Ohio State week one, and if oh, he hadn't God, gotten hurt, they, yeah, they <laughs> they might have beat Ohio State because that run defense was horrendously bad, um, but that they were hanging in that game until he went down, um, so hopefully he makes a comeback. But I, I just qu- have a question about. I don't know. Is Dotson going to be that quick separator volume guy at the NFL level? Then, if so, that's that's awesome. That's fantastic. I don't know if he's quite there um, in terms of. I just don't know where he's going to go in the drafts. I really struggle with him. Um, again, so I, like I said, I got him at nine, and I just don't think he's going to go in the first round. And I think he's kind of a more mid second. He kind of seems like the the guy that ends up with the Bears in my mind, where. Um, And then, you know, if he's attached to the bears and he's kind of doing some of the same things as Darnell Mooney, he's attached to, I'm still a believer in Justin Fields, but some people are ready to get off that. Uh, And so I just don't, I don't see Dotson (laughs) going in the first round. I,
1: uh, speaking of fields, I, man, people are so recency bias. It's insane. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is left for dead and, uh, oh man, uh, Dotson. I, uh, okay, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have a huge thing for Penn State receivers. I don't yeah, know it would, what it is. For
0: Hamler as well.
1: Uh, I love Hamler. I, well. For people who remember, Deshaun Hamilton, big fan here. I loved Deshaun it's Hamilton. Going well too. Uh, Allen Robinson, Chris got Godwin, uh, okay, even got, like Pat Fryermuth. I love them. Mike Gusecki, I, I remember doing rookie drafts with him. Anybody in Penn State, I should have been a Penn State fan instead, but. Uh, they're big around the my,
2: my neck of the woods I, I, I feel like Penn State is one of those that the uniform guys always look less athletic than what they are in a Penn State uniform oh, yeah. for whatever reason it's just like that yeah, is white. like the, the, the number one uniform I, that is just put them on and it doesn't look like they're I don't know. I don't so I I hundred
1: percent agree. I mean, <laughs> people were like Hamler's so fast and I'm sitting here. I'm like, is he like a four, three it's that guy? uniform? I swear it's... To
2: God, it's that <laughs> uniform. I'm like as soon as they put him on, I'm like, no, I don't see it at all.
1: I mean, that's why I wore Navy blue. Cause I want to look more average. So yeah. that's why I, I like Navy blue a lot. So, uh, yeah, for me, Dotson, I, I love him. His hands are great. I, if I had to put a comp on him, I would probably put him as Deontay Johnson. Like His style play kind of reminds me of Deontay, maybe lesser than on the athletic side. I don't know if he's as shifty, but man, if you think with his size, he can't go up and get it, he can. He has that willingness to go up and get it, and he usually comes on with it more often than not. His comps are T.Y. Hilton, which is a good comp, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Vincent Brown. For J.J. Zacharyson, Vincent Brown. Hmm. But yeah, Dotson for me is ahead of Olave and right there with Pickens.
2: Wow. Kind of bombed out on, um, not bombed out, but was pretty average on relative athletic score. And that's a metric that I love to use from Kent Platt. And that kind of balances everything out. And I know that Christian Watson was like a 10 out of 10 and Dotson was a 5.94 on that. So I just don't know as a five foot 10 guy, if he's got the athleticism to really get there.
1: You know what? Dotson caught that though. Yeah, <laughs> He caught what you just said because he <laughs> catches everything.
0: He did. He does. Yeah. Right out of the sky and right into sky more. Uh, that was a terrible segue. Dad, that is what we call professional, segue. That's a
1: professional segue, people. Yeah. Take uh, notes.
0: Right on a Skymore from Western Michigan. And uh, we're getting a little close on time here, guys. So we're just going to keep trucking along. I know we could talk all night long, but it's a. Dynasty happy hour, not dynasty Sunday evening into Monday. I was really morning. hoping
1: you're going to say dynasty happy hour and a half because that would have been happy hour and a half.
0: Well, <laughs> I, we might make it there. We usually don't. But, hey, I, I don't care. We can keep talking all day long. But uh, Sky Moore, maybe one of my favorite guys. And I am a slot receiver fan. OK, because these guys, they are smaller than normal. They go through the middle and it takes guts to go through the middle skymore definitely has great concentration he's a smaller guy 510 which is a little concerning but, but he's thicker that's he's, the thing about him he's got he's great on contested catches usually in traffic and he ran a 44 40. i'm okay with that and i think he does okay at the next level and you'll probably get him in the mid second round in rookie drafts which i like the value there because he could turn into he's something gonna be an important.
1: early second
0: uh, I draft capital
1: with depending how much on what kind draft, of league you're in in home leagues. He may fall a little bit. The hype he's getting and how much NFL is talking about him being a early second or maybe even late first. I have a feeling he's, he's going to rise. Uh, I, I doubt. I think he's
2: I, the guy that's going to go to Kansas City or Green Bay. And I think he's going to be a first round pick in rookie drafts. I think uh, he's the guy that he's the, the guy that's going to get attached to either Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. Do you if like this guy
1: more game, as much as me?
2: I love Skymore, man. Yes. I, I, you know, I really do like Sky, Skymore a lot. And I know Christian Watson or Christian, uh, Christian Wilson, or God damn it. Sorry, Joe. Christian Williams <laughs> is, is my co-host in the Debbie Royale. And he is the foremost uh, Sky Moore fan. You don't need to
1: apologize and, to Joe here.
0: Yeah,
2: no, you're not on no, his but, dime right now. You <laughs> saw
1: just like Cecil. I love it.
2: <laughs> that was Yeah, I I don't swear, and I don't know what happened. I was blanking in my mind where I wanted to go with that, but uh, Christian, my (laughs) co-host on the Royale, is a huge Skymore fan as well, and he's gotten me turned on there, Um, but I do think that he's going to go in the first round because we're just seeing so much talk about him being attached to these teams. He's he's so raw. He played quarterback in high school, so he's still really developing, and Tyler, you go back. Remember Bert Emanuel with the, the Falcons? He was an option quarterback in college, and he switch to wide receiver i think that there's like some of that going on with sky Moore, and you know he's coming out of the program that just had um dwayne eskridge last year at central michigan so they have just produced a wide receiver who went round two the previous season so i I think that he is he's probably the hottest name right now and i think that he's gonna go at that mid or that end of the first round range and get attached to one of these elite quarterbacks and i think he's the guy that I don't know where this, the ceiling is on him really, because if he's attached to Mahomes and you know, is he going to go like, is he cracking the top 10 of super flex drafts? Is he cracking the top 10 of one quarterback drafts? He's going to be right there.
1: I think he'll be top 10 in one quarterback at least. Uh, I mean, I was thinking about the comp form before I saw this and JJ nailed it. DJ Moore style play for me is spot on. He can do everything. Yeah. He's he's not the crazy touchdown guy, except I think Sky Moore can do that, especially if he lands with uh, Pat Mahomes or Rodgers. I mean, look yeah. at Randall Cobb back in his heyday. Randall Cobb had a season where he had, what, 12 touchdowns? And that could easily happen for Sky Moore. And like I said, with Rodgers, he needs you right here. Sky Moore is going to be that guy. And then he can do a lot more after the catch.
0: It's funny you yeah. mentioned DJ Moore because while I was doing my research on Sky Moore, I was like, any relationship there? And no, Google truth. No, yeah, there's no relationship we don't, there because we, we do have, have, have brothers on this show. We don't a lot. have
1: Doug here to screw that up. You know, uh, Isaiah Spiller, CJ Spiller. We don't have that mix up. Doug...
0: I, was, I, I was just double checking, you know, in the, <laughs> in, in light of, of anybody that was going to be here. Um, I, I, I didn't want to say it. I was like, hmm. I mean, any maybe Rondell
1: Moore. Yeah, maybe yeah. he's the guy we want. Like, he's <laughs> going to be what we wanted Rondell Moore to be. That yeah. could be it.
2: That that could <laughs> yeah. that's
0: definitely probably what's going I still to have happen. Fame.
2: Yeah, yeah. My comp for Dwayne Escridge last year was DJ Moore, and I, then I was when I was watching Sky Moore, I was like, man, I feel like I'm watching Escridge all over again. So, yeah. Well, it's do you still like Escridge? I do still like Escridge.
1: He was very old coming in, so he is
2: very old. <laughs> I I don't know. I still tend to believe that Tyler Lockett's going to get moved, and DJ Metcalf potentially too is going to get moved, and so could happen. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people are just giving up on Eskridge already. He was yeah. hurt last year. He was a second round pick. And yeah, I know he's older, but he I don't know. He's got a bodybuilding. He's he's kind of left for dead right now in Dynasty. And he's not a bad guy to put on your end of, end of your bench or to use throw a yeah. fourth round pick at him or whatever. Heck, I would say heck
1: even do a third, especially at this class. Yeah. Give a third for a guy who was just drafted in the second
2: because you know if metcalf's gone and seattle's launching a full-blown rebuild are they really gonna trot out freddie swain and make him a primary receiver they're gonna give a shot on a guy that they used in the second round last you
1: year. you just insulted like five people five of the biggest freddie swain fans in the world because they a probably heck of a linear. run blocker
2: you know <laughs> i said, freddie, good old freddie swain that's right that's Hey, you know, bring me on the show and we're going to go places. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> I love it. Let's get back into it and get in our last of the 10 wide receivers that we are going to target tonight. David Bell out of Purdue. Now, I'm oh, I'm out. Tyler, Damn. that, Tyler. At the, that at athletic is it profile, because he ran a four, six, five.
1: It's because of that. It's because of everything because of he's done. You know what? Just tell. Kelvin- Do you remember Kelvin Harmon and how hyped he was? It's exact God. same thing. He's going to be like a fifth or sixth round pick. It's it's not even worth talking about him. I'm sorry. Really? Really?
0: Not worth talking about.
1: He- his tape is fine, but his yeah. athletic profile is absolutely horrible. Yeah.
2: Tyler, you, you know, I knew you were one of my favorite people before oh. this, and and now you solidified it because I'm I'm really out on David Bell, too. And I don't really understand why. You think if John Mechie was at Purdue and they were throwing the ball in his direction every single play, John Mechie wouldn't be able to make some plays? You know, like Jalen Tolbert, like some of these, Khalil Shakur, these other guys, they would be doing the same things that he did. Uh, and I don't know. it's I just don't see what his role is in the NFL. He reminds me of... He just strikes me as maybe like a van Jefferson. who's like a fourth wide receiver that van can
1: Jefferson's just... fast though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even even jam, you know, my high end conference was Tyler Boyd and Tyler Boyd's a good football player, but it's oh, I love like, Tyler Boyd. you know, they, they used the fifth overall pick in the draft on J- Jameer chase to put Tyler Boyd, especially into a, you know, a slot role. and, yeah. And that's where I think that that's where bell ceiling lands as a slot guy that's not playing on the outside. That's not giving you, I don't know, you know, and I wrote an article, uh, dropped it like a week or two ago. There are really three areas that you're looking for a wide receiver, a guy that can win inside a guy that can win vertically or a guy that can, a big guy that can be used in the red zone, and so I like I, you talk about Christian Watson. That's a guy that I know he can check two of those boxes at least, maybe even three, all three of those boxes. Whereas David Bell is a guy that I think can only check one of those boxes. And so when I'm projecting as a, a rookie and a wide receiver, like I'm looking for somebody that can fill all of those roles because that's what creates volume and that's what creates fantasy point.
1: His his <sighs> best chance at anything. His best outlook, in my opinion, is what we saw from Juju Smith-Schuster this past season. Like he's yeah. going to be five yards and a cloud of dust. Like that's it. Like that's where he's going to be. He he doesn't have an athletic profile to do anything other than that. He is a fifth receiver on a team, a fourth receiver if he's lucky. I I wanted the thing is I wanted to like him. I I was like okay this guy. Uh, his tape wasn't bad. I really, really wanted to like him, and I just couldn't.
0: i I couldn't do it all right. fair enough. I mean, we don't have to love everybody and we're not supposed to. I mean, if we loved everybody and only named the good things about people, like how can we, we be people? Be I mean, we how be could our <laughs> listeners be better? I, I, you know, so so thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Jeff. I am officially off of him. Thanks All right. so.
1: I don't know if Chef's Frozen. I'm, froze I'm going to go it,
0: back. Um, am I frozen? <laughs> it
1: looked like you were frozen for a little bit.
0: Maybe. Maybe I was. I'm sorry. <laughs> man, I apologize. Um, maybe I will have to go back and re-evaluate David Bell before any of my rookie drafts. Read my
2: article, Chef. I talked about David Bell. The article that I had from Football Guys
0: like a week Just ago. go look at his combine. Oh, <laughs> it's so bad. Well, if you don't like what you see, head over to Viridian Global Get some good-looking swag sponsored by DHH. Uh, that's where you can find all the gear that we have. If you like the show, you like to support us, hit us up at Viridian Global. Also, and there's one more. If you are a nerd, and when I don't, when I mean nerd, I mean Dynasty nerd. Go to dynastynerds.com and sign up for the Nerd Herd. Use code DHH for fifteen percent off any subscription. Trade Tools, Extra Nerd Herd Episodes, Prospect Film Room, which I know Tyler religiously uses, and Prospect Scores. Don't even get me started on the Dynasty GM. You do not have time to set your rosters. It is a gem. Um, But before we get out of here, guys, Jeff, I want at least one guy that we did not talk about tonight who you are targeting later in drafts, say third round or later, Um, that you really are confident on that can hit at the next
2: level. Khalil Shakur is a name that I think that he can can really hit. I think he can do a lot of the different things that you're looking for out of a wide receiver. Uh, And so that's a guy that I'm going to be targeting later if he doesn't catch – he, he could catch higher draft capital than I think people realize, but um, that's a guy that I think that, yeah. you know, you're getting later in your third round. And, and I don't really, those later picks, like I don't love using them on a wide receiver because especially this class, I think that there are so many running backs that, are alive and dead right now, both because mm-hmm. they could, you know, there are a lot of different guys, but there's a lot of backs <laughs> in this class that can fill roles. I mean, we saw Rex Burkhead as a feature back last year. There's a lot of opportunity in, in the NFL for running backs to come in and carve out a niche in a committee backfield. And I think that we're heading in that direction, but a lot of these guys in this class, I would use those picks on those. But if I were targeting a deeper wide receiver, should...
0: Tyler got
1: anything to add? Yeah, Justin Ross, big fan of him. I know his athletic profile didn't really pan out like we all thought, but it was fine. And in my opinion, I'm going to take a shot on somebody like that who has the pedigree, who had the the early breakout and who pretty much had a injury derail him. And I don't think he's 100 percent back. He says he is, but it's going to take him a little bit to get the the oomph back. I mean, I think he would have tested a way better if it wasn't for his injury. So for me, I'm gonna try to take a shot on a player like him. And he came back as well and played pretty well for Clemson this past season. Yeah. So for me, Justin Ross is mine. And uh just a late, late round guy, Kelvin Austin, because he's fast. And I think he's just Tavon Austin reinformed and trying to make it again. Like Kelvin or Tavon Austin was like, you know what? I didn't make it one time, let's refresh it. Maybe I'll change my name. I'll try to make myself look younger, younger. And today's NFL, maybe I'll be better. And he just, yeah, Kelvin Austin, because they're very similar, very explosive. But I think uh, Kelvin Austin can win in different ways than what we saw Tavon Austin win in college.
0: Nice, nice. And since I am filling in for Doug at the host seat tonight, I will go, ho- go out and say Wandale Robinson is definitely somebody that is on my Wondo. list. Wandale one dollar like I do
1: like I do like him and man the hype on him was so high early on and then yeah. and I'm glad off. that
0: it calmed down a little bit because it can cool so off really good athlete <laughs> he, hey hey that's fine but we're talking later shots here so if I have some later shots some extra third round picks that I'm not going to be able than, to trade too much than for David Bell yeah <laughs> I would rather have one Dolly Robinson than David Bell just after listening Wondell. to both of you it's Wondell it's Wondale. is this another really nickname not. Are you messing with me? It's really not. One Jeff. dolly.
2: Please, it's please one dolly. don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> one dolly, obi one Kenobi. Oh, All right. All right. All right. Anyway, uh, Jeff, thank you for coming on the show this evening, toying around with us every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Jeff, plug away whoever you want to rep. I know you're affiliated with a lot of people, uh, a lot of shows. Go ahead, bud.
2: Yeah, footballguys.com. You can find my written work there and, and just the, hopefully my role continues to grow and i have a lot more content coming out through there. You can find me Tuesday nights, seven o'clock, coming off the edge with, with the one and the only chef himself and the our, nickname our curator friends. himself. <laughs> That's right. And then 9 30 following <laughs> that up, Tuesday nights with the Debbie Royale with uh, Christian Williams. I'm sorry I said his last name wrong. I was Christian Watson <laughs> in my mind. And then Kevin and my, one of two of my best friends in the space. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
1: No, we yeah, love having it was you. fun. Honestly, it was a great time. And uh, I appreciate you coming through, Jeff. If you haven't met him in person, do so in Canton. He is a very, very just true person. You know, Down when, you got, to earth. when you meet somebody and you just know who they are and it's like this guy is just all about people.
0: One of the few he, guys I
2: hugged at the expo last year. He didn't hug me. We'll have yeah. to get that next time around. <laughs> I hugged everybody. I hugged some random dude in the bar that I thought was. uh, He's just not part Eddie of the. And he was like, "Why are you hugging me?" And I was like, "Oh, you're, you're not." Kane. And he was like, "No, I'm not." And I'm like, "Oh, well, well, do you see Kane around anywhere?" <laughs> <laughs> He's just like,
0: "Who's Kane?" <laughs> <laughs> Enable. Uh, let's get out of here. Thank you for tuning into the Dynasty Happy Hour. I'm James at FF underscore Chef on Twitter. Tyler Gunther at DHH underscore Tyler on Twitter and can't wait for next week when Doug Eddie comes back so I do not have to do this again talk to you soon thanks for (laughs) tuning in and we'll see you next week next time